here at Allens, they want you to learn and they want you to enjoy yourself. Go for it and keep your mind open. But a mentality of celebrating difference. Pro bono is a really important element. You play a pretty critical role. The work we do towards reconciliation, sustainability and philanthropy. God, my friends have taught me so much during this experience. Got off the train and I was like, Elle Woods arriving at Harvard. <laughs> I was just like, this is my moment. If you have a smile on your face and you're willing to get stuck in and apply yourself, then you'll bring so much value. I'm Mel. I'm Talia. And this is Alan's Confidential. Welcome to today's episode of Alan's Confidential. My name is Talia Rodriguez. I am a second year lawyer in the intellectual property team here at Alan's in Sydney, and my pronouns are she, her. My name is Melissa Camp. I'm also a second year lawyer here in the Allen Sydney office. I'm currently in the mergers and acquisitions team and my pronouns are she, her. Now, today is a very special episode because we are answering the questions asked by you. This is part one of a two-part episode where we're going to answer all the questions that you've put to us in our submissions box. So we are very lucky to be joined today by two special guests who we will hand over to shortly to introduce themselves. But first, an acknowledgement of country. I would like to begin today by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which our Sydney office sits, and pay my respects to their elders past and present. I also extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders peoples listening to us today. So handing over now to our guests. Hi, my name's Samantha Dunn. I'm a manager in the people and development team here at Allens and my pronouns are she and her. And I'm joining from Melbourne, so we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the country where I am based today, the Wurundjeri peoples of the Kulin Nation, and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture, um, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. Hi everyone, my name is Katrina Calder. I am the Early Careers Consultant in the Perth office. My pronouns are she, her, and I have the pleasure of living, working and playing in the lands of the Wajak people. Thank you both. So as Talia said, today is all about answering the questions that you have put to us. And we got such an overwhelming response to our Mm. submissions box, which we were so grateful for. And we're really excited to kind of, I guess, address the questions that you want to know rather than us just talking at you about things that we think you want to know. (laughs) I felt very validated. A lot of these questions I had when I was going through the process. So we've pulled out the big guns today, the legitimacy of HR um, and early careers to answer these questions, not just Mel and I taking a stab. We'll kick it off with our first question. This one was posed to us in a few different ways. So question was, what are my pathways to Allen's if I didn't secure a clerkship or didn't apply when I was in my penultimate year? So we've had this question from someone who is a LLB graduate. They've completed their PLT. There's a mention of being partway through their master's and people that just missed out on a clerkship. Yeah, good question. That's one that we do get asked quite a lot um, out on campus and from students. Um, so firstly, if you aren't successful during the recruitment clerkship process, you can absolutely apply again. So you can either apply again the following year if you're still a student or if you have graduated, then you can apply again for a graduate position. It's probably important to stress that we do recruit the majority of our graduates through our clerkship application process. So we spend so much time and resources investing in these programs and definitely the route that we would encourage you to take. However, saying this, opportunities do come up and we do have to go back out to market to um, recruit again um, for our graduate top-ups. I think to add a bit of context to that as well, Katrina, I remember not understanding the emphasis that people placed on this going through university and, you know, you feel quite stressed going through this process and I always wondered why. But it makes sense that is in the context that the majority of hiring is done via the clerkship. And when you think about it, the resources that are invested, getting our clerks here, 
and training them for a 10-week period if you're in Sydney, for example. So yeah, it does make sense that the majority of people here at Arlen's have been hired through the clerkship. Moving on to our second question, we actually got this one quite a lot and I think it was one that came up and has probably come up for you quite a lot as an early careers advisor as well. And that is the WAM cut off. I feel like this is something that was discussed so much when we were going through the process. I remember like the corridor chats at uni being like, oh my God, my WAM's only, you know, what if it's only 99? Yeah. My WAM's only a hundred percent, but it's not 101. I haven't found the elusive way to win the clerkship. But no, so we, we got quite a few questions asking what is the WAM cutoff and that the applications are kind of considered holistically, but what does that actually mean, I suppose? And then we also had another question, which is is tangentially related, which is, do you consider non-GO8 university students' WAMs to be inflated? So many students do stress about, and I, I think there's a lot of work behind it as well, but it is no WAM cutoff. It's not to say that grades aren't important. It is absolutely something and it is one big factor of the application. But certainly, Allens takes the approach of looking at applications holistically, really taking note of the different variety of work experience, your extracurricular activities, any other achievements. So while grades are definitely one component, um, we certainly do have a much broader approach in terms of our screening um, process. We do, it's probably worth noting, we do use a tool called Rare, which um, is really valuable in helping us to have a look at some different contexts behind applications. So, for example, there might be some personal circumstances or um, say a student is working full time and that doesn't come across in their application. So, it just gives us an extra tool to be able to assess their application and be able to have a look at their personal situations um, in a different context. And it's definitely really something that does help us um, look at students who have come from, um, I guess, different socioeconomic backgrounds as well. So in regards to the second point to non-GO8 universities, we definitely don't consider WAMs from those universities to be inflated. Um, and we certainly do not want students from those universities to self-select out of the process. Following off the rare point you made, I know the rare tool is something that I use to give some extra context to my upbringing when applying to Allens and something that Ginny and Patty both used as well, which is discussed in our previous episode of the podcast. And especially for Ginny, as you will hear if you go back and listen to that episode, it was something that she felt was really helpful for her getting through the process. So moving on to our next question, and that is, does Allens have diversity targets for hiring and how does Allens support its diverse candidates to feel safe at work after they are hired? We don't have actual targets in place, but we do have aspirational goals that we do work towards. Uh, as a firm, we're really focused on recruiting the best lawyers, which means ensuring that we recruit from a diverse range of backgrounds to get diverse viewpoints. However, it's probably worth noting that as a firm, we definitely do have gender representation targets in place, and that's at the senior level. So you may have heard um, recently for our partnership, we have the 40-40-20, which um, is 40% female, 40% male, and 20% any. And Sam, what about once you have been hired, what does Allens do to make sure that these diverse people feel safe at work? So we have a number of committees at Allens, Cultural Awareness Network. We have our Women at Allens All In, which is our LGBTIQ plus inclusion committee. We have our Reconciliation Committee, Sports and Wellbeing Committee. Although these committees will all have their own aims, they're really there to help 
educate the firm on different issues, connect people that have mutual experiences and provide opportunities to get involved in various activities around the firm. So I guess that's our way of helping a really diverse range of people have an avenue to connect and feel valued. And I guess something that you know, our team has been involved in well, across the firm more broadly is we've recently been through a leading a new standard program. So everybody across the firm was asked to participate in this program, which was really aimed at empowering all of our people to support one another. So again, just another way that we have wanted to foster a really inclusive environment at our lens. I think that's a really important point to touch on that sometimes all of these committees can seem so overwhelming because there's so many, but I think that is important in itself because the Women at Allen's committee is no substitute or fill-in for a cultural network committee, right? You need both because people in both committees are going to have very different experiences and I think it's important to recognise that and give those people a space where they've had that lived experience rather than, you know, lumping everyone into one committee that's trying to change the world on its own. I think you do need these standalone places to feel safe at work. And I know as well that you've mentioned Alan's reports on its statistics. So for example, gender diversity targets and whatnot, and that does help keep Alan's externally accountable as well. All right. We had a few of this question come through, one that is very topical. How much do Alan's graduates get paid? After um, tax? No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> Before superannuation. <laughs> I'll let you take that one, Sam. Yeah, of course. It's a very topical question. Of course, we want to attract the best graduates and we pay a very competitive salary for that talent. Um, now, we're not going to talk about the details. We don't publish details of our pay bans. Um, this could be price signaling. I think we'd be getting ourselves into a bit of trouble to do that. But we do regularly review our positioning against the market and our benchmarking shows that Allen's is one of the top paying firms for law graduates in the Australian market. I think without uh, giving away a dollar figure, that is a pretty good answer, Sam. Um, <laughs> another part of this question was, does the whole cohort, so a cohort of graduates or associates, whatever level they may be, do they get pay increases at the same time or does pay differ between teams and between people in a cohort? Great question. I think having fair pay for our graduates and all of our people is really important in terms of our philosophy. So to ensure pay is fair for our graduates who are starting in their legal career and perhaps developing at different paces where we're really wanting our graduates to spend the time in learning and developing at the beginning of their career. We have a lockstep pay structure in place for our grads and our first year associates. What that means is pay is set at the same level and reviewed at the same time for graduates commencing in the same office. So what's important is that your pay is not based on what tenure rotate through or settle in. Alan's wants to ensure that you have the freedom to pursue the area of law that you're interested in without having to think about a financial consideration for that. As much as I enjoy making jokes that I'm paid more than Mel because I'm less disruptive in the workplace, it is nice to know that we are all paid the same and we can pursue the team that we want to and the interests that we want to and feel like we our focus is meant to be on learning at this point in time in our career rather than money. Yeah, absolutely. I think another more practical element to that is the culture that it builds between the graduate network because you don't have to worry about what the different teams or what your fellow graduates are earning and whether it's more than you or not and then trying to benchmark yourself and your own pay against um, your grads. It really flattens that out so that even amongst 
your cohort, I suppose you're more interested in fostering each other's learning and supporting each other rather than trying to compete against each other for opportunities as well. And I think that's really important at a junior level because these are the people who you're going to go through your whole career with Mm. and having that nice culture, nice foundation, I suppose, for the first two years at the firm really makes a difference. One of the best ways that Allens has fostered this positive culture and collaboration between members of the firm is removing its pay secrecy clause. So unfortunately, whilst I can't give you a dollar amount here and now, um, internally, Allens employees are allowed to discuss their remuneration. And it gives you a great sense of comfort as a junior lawyer, being able to talk to those above you, knowing that you're not going to be disadvantaged for pursuing your your interests and your passions. Um, and having a, a sense financially where you're going to be in the future, that's really important too, just for planning and stability purposes and knowing if I can keep getting oat milk in my lattes. <laughs> I think one of the main reasons why we removed that cause, and it was great actually, um, I feel like with the recent government announcements, we're really ahead of the curve in terms of the approach that we've taken there. Mm. But it's really to improve transparency and confidence in that gender um, equality, which is so important for us all. Thank you so much, Sam. So the next question that we had was, how does Alan support their staff to volunteer? Does Allens offer volunteer days or volunteer leave to its employees? So I'll jump in. I've got quite a lot that I could say here because there's quite a lot we do do. So I might start with the question, which is, do we have volunteer leave? No, we don't have a specific leave type to access um, volunteer leave. But what we do do is actively encourage involvement in communities in so many different ways. So I think, you know, pro bono legal work is probably the main way um, we can support the community as a law firm. Legal work is our core business. And so as a firm, we do around 27,000 hours of pro bono legal work each year. So there's absolutely an opportunity for all of our lawyers to be getting involved in pro bono work. Beyond that, we've got three main committees um, represented in each Australian office, our reconciliation, philanthropy and sustainability committees, and they're focusing on a range of engagement activities so our people can um, contribute to running events or promoting initiatives. For example, we have Allen's Spark program, which is in Sydney, Melbourne, where we'd have high school students come into the offices and have a internship style program where we're running career inside events and we're providing mentoring and we're really developing their business understanding of what life might be like in a law firm. So in that type of program, we've got those who are um, giving up their time to present. We've got those who are giving up their time to pull the program together. So there's lots of different ways you can spend your time. But I'd say to get the most out of our time, we try and channel that energy and enthusiasm into uh, broader firm initiatives. That makes sense. I guess the law is what we're good at. <laughs> so we should use that to help other people as well. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I think another thing that um, I've seen happen quite a lot is we do so many fundraising events. So while it's not going out externally to volunteer, we run a lot of internal fundraisers for different charities. I know just on Friday night, Tyler and I emceed an event. You're lucky that we're all still here talking to you today after that one. But that was to um, raise funds for Arts Law, which is a company that does a lot of work in the IP and consumer protection space around Indigenous arts. So we were fundraising for that organisation to help continue to support their fight to get um, the laws changed so that basically any art that is being you know, brought in from overseas can't be sold effectively to the detriment of Indigenous communities. So I know that there is a lot of other 
ways that we fundraise and assist charities apart from just purely volunteering. Yeah, absolutely. The next question we received was, can you provide family members with legal services while working at Allen's? And this is a good one because every time someone in my life gets a speeding fine, I'm the first one to hear about it. So... (laughs) Sam, take it away. I'm sure you are. And look, we generally discourage people for acting for family members. So Noted. there's probably some internal processes why we wouldn't do it. But probably the main reason is that it creates a real risk um, of personal conflict for you as a lawyer under professional rules. We have a duty to avoid a conflict of interest. So I guess as a as a general rule, you know, that is a duty that you are bound by. When I was thinking about this question, I guess, you know, importantly, we're a commercial law firm acting for corporate clients and that's kind of the wheelhouse, that's your specialisation. So it's likely that there are going to be other lawyers who might be best suited or better placed to provide the specialist advice that an individual family member may need if it's a speeding fine or whatever the advice might be. So, my recommendation is that um, giving a good referral might be the best support that you can provide um, a family member who needs some assistance. I think something else that did come to mind, so we have a employee assistance program which has a range of services, including legal services. So immediate family members of all Allen staff can also access this service and that might be another avenue that you could put forward in terms of supporting them with some introductory legal advice for whatever the issue may be. And take it from me, I've done a little bit of criminal law, a little bit of family law before my career started at Allen's and I would pick commercial law any day of the week over that. So (laughs) defer, defer, defer. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be linking anyone who asked me about their speeding fines to this podcast forevermore. (laughs) So sorry. So the next question that we have is an interesting one um, and one that I wasn't actually sure of the answer of and I'm really excited to hear your perspectives on and that is, would Allens hire someone who is pregnant or who recently had a child during the clerkship process? And to give a little bit more colour here, one of the questions that we had was from a mature age student who was currently pregnant and another is from a student whose due date falls just following the clerkship program, so it would be kind of very heavily pregnant, I assume, during the clerkship period. So it'd be great to hear, Katrina, what Allens would do for these people. Yeah, happy to take that one. Um, Firstly, the firm is very supportive of anyone who is pregnant, who wants to be considered for a clerkship or a First Nations internship or a graduate position. So any position that we have available, so if you are due during the clerkship process and you are successful, then we're very happy to defer your offer. We have had circumstances of graduates coming through when they've got babies and certainly the firm is really supportive of their needs. We generally sit down and um, on a one-on-one basis try and set out a plan to make their employment work for them. So something that has happened at the graduate level certainly um, and definitely something the firm is open to. On that, I probably should note that the firm has recently enhanced its uh, parental leave policy. It's such a great marketing leading package now. So a couple of the points that's probably worth highlighting we now pay 26 weeks paid parental leave. Um, so that's the parents welcoming a child through birth, surrogacy, adoption, or foster care. The policy also removes the distinction between primary and non-primary carers, um, is available to all genders and allows employees to take leave at the same time as their partners. So I think that's a really important change that obviously both parents can take time off at the same time. 
And I guess also another point to highlight is um, that it's open to all permanent employees. Um, so there's no qualifying period as well. So if you're a new graduate at the firm and you're pregnant, then you're absolutely eligible to access this package as well. Another couple of things that, you know, I'm really proud of actually is that the super is paid for the unpaid component of parental leave. I think that's really cool. So not only are you getting paid 26 weeks, but you'll be paid your super um, for the unpaid period of time that you're away, which is a really important initiative and one that, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of. And it's just interesting. I know that Katrina's already talked about it, but, you know, having two years to access the paid parental leave and flexibility about how that's structured, we've seen a real shift in how that is supporting our people and um, the roles that they can play in their family. And something that is really great is that we have coaching um, to support people as they're coming back into their business, um, coming back into their careers after shifting gears and changing focus and stepping out of life as a Allen lawyer and coming back in um, into that um, can be a bit of a gear change. And so we've got some coaching that we give access to with a specialist provider to help not only transition out of your role, but transitioning back in and getting that balance right. And we think that's a great way of supporting people find a way to juggle the new level of responsibilities effectively. I think another thing that I'd heard is that when you come back from parental leave, you're actually buddied up with another Alan's lawyer who has previously gone on parental leave and come back so that you've got someone at the firm who's kind of had that experience themselves and can kind of help I suppose, just walk through their experiences and and be a bit of a soundboard about anything that you're experiencing and, and any I don't know, methods or mechanisms that they use to get back into the swing of things, like you said, or access support. Another way that, you know, I think has really recognised that it is a period of transition. So when you have been out for an extended period of time to come back in and hit the ground running, you know, it can take time to build that confidence, to reestablish your connection, to get your head around the type of work that you're doing. And so there's a formal break from any of the kind of billable expectations for our lawyers for eight weeks. You've been off for a long mid to long term. And I guess that just really signals that we do want to support our people to come back successfully and it can take time and that's okay. So I think that's been a really positive shift in terms of yeah, re-establishing the ways of working and the juggle. That sounds incredible. I find it hard to come back on a Monday after Sunday. And <laughs> so I think this is a really important way to contribute to people's return to the workplace and make sure that it's as easy as it can be, um, given it's such a difficult time. And I hope it gives comfort to those people who did submit the questions, being a little bit nervous about going through the application process mm. or potentially starting at the firm as a graduate when they are, you know, either currently pregnant or recently having given birth to know that there are a lot of support networks available to you and it's absolutely not prohibitive and going back to the earlier you should not be self-selecting out of the process because of this um, absolutely apply we would love to have you here thank you so much for joining us today i think that's the last question that we had for this segment although we do have a part two coming up where we will ask the rest of your questions to some of our lawyers thank you both of you for joining us today katrina and sam it means a lot to have you on here and to have people who can actually answer these questions for us so we really appreciate your time Pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.